Hi, Carrie here. Ashley and I wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the murder of George Floyd. The things that we discuss in this episode mention loosely about riots and unrest, but this was before the murder and does not take that into account. Thank you for listening. Be safe and stand up for what you believe in. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey, everybody. Hi. (laughs) We recorded this intro like four times already. Uh, But anyway, today we are continuing the conversation we're calling All Apologies with my husband, Matt. And my baby daddy, Lee. Plus, in fun news, we've begun the dreaded third part of isolation where shit gets weird. I'm going to call it third trimester, but third trimester only got weird at the very end. Otherwise, second trimester was weird. Oh, I think third trimester is a totally appropriate thing because that's when I was like, I am ready for this shit to be done. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag. And up next, the tits and the shits. Oh, that was really good, that one. Eh, it was okay. I don't know if it was really good. How was your week, Carrie? Has it been a week? I feel like I have no I, concept I of time. Honestly, I don't know. I think so. My week was okay. I don't know where it went, frankly. Yeah, it did go by very quickly, right? Yeah, what was... I don't even know. What was my tits? My tits were we got a job back that we lost. Yeah, so... That was a big tit. So go listen to Scary Mommy Speaks on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. For a little bit till it's done again. I don't know. Right. Scary Mommy, who we stopped working for a little while ago, uh, asked for us to come back for a couple episodes. Which is super nice, and we're loving it. That's really probably the biggest tits. It's really nice to feel wanted. Yeah. It is really like we got dumped by a boy, and then he saw us dating someone else, and now he wants us back. Um, I don't know if I feel all that. But it is nice to feel like, oh, remember all those months of self-doubt where we were like, is it us? Were we awful? Did they hate us? And then to realize, no, everything they told us was true. Right. (laughs) It was just money. And now we're like, all right, that's cool. That's That's cool. cool. Okay, I like money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to make that into a soundbite that we can just play all the time. It's cool. It's cool. I like money. That's cool. That's cool. We like money. And my shits are, I don't know, this might be like a half tit, half shit. Uh, we are going back to Brooklyn for a couple of days because we can no longer put off Luna's shots that she needs to get. We had already put them off and they said there's only a certain amount of time. So don't talk to me, anti-vaxxers. I vaccinate my child. That's what's happening. So we are going going back to Brooklyn for a couple of days to see how it is. I have to say, you know, like really try not to think things about people whose beliefs are different than mine. But the people I know who I've seen post this on Facebook and be like, oh, this is a really valid point. Like, yeah, this is, I, I think this is real. I don't want to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> These voices that you're serving up today, I am into it. And I've had zero alcohol. Super into these voices. I'm just nervous because we got a routine down here, like any busy day, we drop her off at my mom's, we go to the beach, there's places to go and I'm recording so that she, because you can hear your kid even if you're in another room. So Lee takes her out. Now, even though we're only going for 
from, I don't know, either tonight or tomorrow till Sunday. We have a lot of stuff to do between now and then. I'm just nervous that in our small apartment and we can't really go outside, what is going to happen? And I'm excited to be back in my house and have clothes options more than two things and to, <laughs> like stupid stuff. Like I'm going to do my nails. Yeah. It's like really stupid things. I'm excited to see my neighbors from afar. I miss them. I miss my home. Yeah. But I'm really nervous about going back. And also it's kind of sad for you because you're moving soon. You're moving mm-hmm. out of Brooklyn life, which I think is kind of like such an identifier for you, yep, Emily. It is. And you're moving out of that and you're going into, you know, the Jersey suburbs. Mm-hmm. You're not really home to enjoy it. You're you are having this whole other like really cool experience. You're living at the beach. And I also think it's helped the transition a little yeah. bit, frankly. But, you know, we were planning a big going away party. We, Lee and I have lived in New York 20 to 25 years and yeah. primarily only in Brooklyn. Yeah. And we have lived mostly in the same two places our entire time and have a big community here. So we had all these things planned. We had all these things we were going to do before we left the city. And none of those things can happen. So maybe there's a lesson in it. I mean, maybe the lesson is like you still can go into the city all the time and like it doesn't change things so much. Lee, I think, has a better viewpoint of it. He's like, listen, we fucked the shit out of that city for 20 years. Like, we really did. We did a lot of things. Like, we lived our city life. Mm -hmm. No regrets. And also, it's not like we're moving to Kansas. No offense to Kansas. We're moving, like, on the other side to one of the most easily commutable cities to New York. But anyway, I do think living at the shore for this time has helped a little bit because it's made me think about teaching my Brooklyn clients while not in Brooklyn, things that I maybe would not have thought about in this way, just made me realize how to try to stay vital with my community in Brooklyn without actually being there. Yeah. So that's been helpful. Anyway, I'm just having that anxiety, you know, generalized anxiety about packing up some stuff and going back when we have no groceries in our refrigerator and we're going to have to order takeout, I think. And it's just all the things that it sounds so whatever, but it's nerve wracking at this no, point. No, it's nerve wracking. So my tits are that we went to go see Matt's parents down in Delaware, which is about three and a half hours away, not very far at all. They're retired and they live in this really pretty Pleasantville-esque community of other retirees. You know, they have a pool and they have tennis courts and they have this amazing, amazing golf course and a clubhouse. You know, it's like one of those kinds of places and everything is perfectly manicured and there's beautiful wildlife and the flowers. It is like a self-sustained little community. They don't have any stores or anything in there, but it's really nice. Um, Obviously, access to a lot of things was limited in all of this, but you do see people every so often. They are walking. They don't have masks on because unlike here, you are capable of walking not seeing people, avoiding people. It was weird. It was it was a really nice, like, oh my God, this is what life used to be like. Kind of no anxiety, no panic about getting sick. It just felt okay. It really made me realize, okay, these people that I quite frankly hate right now who live in the rest of the country and are going to cause a second surge because they, they like that pool party in Ozarks. Um, I do now understand a little bit clearer that they didn't deal with the reality we dealt with. They didn't deal with, oh my God, like this 
actual fear that if you leave your house, this one safe place you get to claim as your own in this whole wide world, you will quite likely get sick and die. And that's what was going through my mind all the time. I can't leave my house. I can't leave my house. They were digging mass graves and there was freezers of dead people like everywhere in New York. Yes, and we all knew, we all know somebody who's had it, if not multiple people. Most of us know somebody who died. Uh, It's very, very, very real. And you go on Twitter and you see these people... Sorry to bring up Twitter. I know it's a sore subject, but <laughs> you go on Twitter and you see these people who are like questioning whether it's really even a thing that's happening. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? I get it. It wasn't in their face. That being said, you're all idiots. So stop thinking that because it's very much real. I have no reason to feed into this propaganda. This is a segment called You're All Idiots. Yeah. Hosted by... Ashley Heron-Smith. Yeah, it's probably the thing that I'm very good at telling people. Anti-vaxxers, you're all idiots. Conspiracy yeah. theorists, you're all idiots. Yeah. We'll get into that with our second segment today also, why I'm at that point of things. You know, we came back, we drove back this morning, and as soon as we got off the highway and started driving through the neighborhood, I saw all these people walking on top of each other, most of which with masks, some of them not. And I was like, okay, and we're back. And there's the crippling anxiety. Oh, it's back. It's back. Okay, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I feel ya. The nice thing is you're really only going to have to deal with the in-your-face aspect of it for so long until you're back in your apartment, and then you don't really face it so much. You know, we just are coming up with a longer-term plan. Like, we spend whatever days we need to in Brooklyn, and then we go back and stay with my mom, but not too many days so that it's annoying. And we kind of go back and forth so that we have a place to like go to the beach or to lay out in the backyard or you know yeah so what are your shits aside from crippling anxiety from being Um, back at home i think that's it i think those are the shits is just also um, you cleaned up shit today yeah we have a little mouse or god knows how many mice it's probably because you cleaned up your basement that's probably part of it and also like i've read countless articles about how now that there's less trash, like less food on the street. Oh, do you mean the cannibal rats? I don't, I mean, I don't think we have cannibal rats here on, <laughs> in my area, but like in Brooklyn, probably for sure. No. <laughs> yeah. So we're back with the second part of this interview where you get to hear about this big fight that I had with my mom. Isn't that exciting? And maybe, maybe I'll apologize to Lee. Guess we'll see. Lee, I want you to talk soon, but something that I just realized, and I don't even think Lee knows this, is that being here in quarantine made me realize, honestly, that I am more patterned by my mom than I thought. And my mom is very, very loving, but also very cold. And I just had a realization in a fight that I had with my mom where Lee told me I needed to apologize, and I did a horrible job of apologizing. We can talk about that, too. Um, I am cold. I'm kind of a cold person. I'm very warm in many ways, but, like, very much cold in other ways. And that is something I absolutely need to work on. And I think Lee feels that coldness, and it's not only towards him. It's to everybody. I do have, like, a kind of survivalist cold streak that— I need to work on because I feel like it's weird and also doesn't make sense to everything else about Lee. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great for you to vocalize that. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, the apology thing with your mom, that's huge. That's very relevant with today's discussion. For you to see that, it's good that you're there because at the time you were just not trying to hear it. No, I only apologize to my mom because I love her. I, I I still have a hard time being like, I don't understand why I needed to apologize for that. 
see. And I think my mom might be the one person that I'll just like give an apology to just like, let's move on, which is not healthy. That's what I did. Right. And then really on brand, which is what actually made me see that I'm more like my mom than I thought. My mom like refused to accept my apology. She didn't yeah. accept it. And I was like, whoa, that is some shit that I would do. And I see how this is really stubborn and not great. And now I'm more mad about it. But it was helpful for me to see that because I'm like, whoa, that is some crazy shit. And that is some shit that I would do. And I don't like it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. My mom was like, well, thank you for apologizing, but it doesn't help. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. Uh, You know, like, we basically Elsa frozen each other. There was just like nowhere to go from there. We were just like, oh, okay, but you're my mom and I love you. So now what? You know what I mean? And I think that that's what I do. I don't know how to do different than that. And I think I do that. And I just never realized that I was like that until then. I mean, I can totally relate to that in a lot of ways. I mean, I basically said, basically what happened with my mom, I told her that I didn't want to hear her talking about Twitter anymore. Oh, that whole thing. Yeah, she got very hurt because what was underneath the Twitter for her was that she's lonely and she's processing the death of her mother and that she feels important on Twitter or whatever. And I just said to her, like, I can't hear you talk about Twitter friends. They're not real friends. I'm here to have a conversation with you. Can we talk about real things? And I think what I said, which I say mean things a lot. I said a lot of mean things to Lee last night, and I want to apologize for that now. Here we go, Matt. Here's the beginning of apology. Nice. I, mm, thank I, you. I apologize for the mean things that I said. I need to be careful because you cannot take words back. And I need to be more careful. And I need to be nicer about how I say things. Maybe I need to say the same thing, but I need to say it in a nicer way. So what equally like that, what I said to my mother was, I think the words I said was, nobody cares about your Twitter friends, which is mean. Which is mean. I'm sorry to laugh. I'm laughing because I would have said it the same way. And my mother would have definitely said that shit the same way to me. So that's why I laugh. But but my mom was feeling vulnerable. My mom was feeling vulnerable. And what I meant to say was what, what was underneath it, which I then unpacked for her, but she didn't care. She already heard the words and had shut down like something I would do, was I'm concerned that you don't have real friends. I'm concerned. And I said that to her. I was like, if this was Luna... And Luna was only talking about friends that didn't really exist in real life. Wouldn't you be concerned? And she couldn't take that in. And she said, I was disrespectful. How dare I talk to her like that? I'm still her child. And then that's, that was it. Then she didn't hear anymore. What I had said after that was, I want to spend real time with you. I came over to watch a movie and be with you. And all you're doing is telling me about your friends on Twitter. Can we talk about real stuff? But she had already heard no one cares about your Twitter friends. Even after when I went out to apologize, and I believe I apologize, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings, which is the, I did something wrong, but it doesn't matter. What matters is how it impacted you, which is not a real apology. But I think that's what I said. I think I said, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you, which is genuine. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that apology and the way it's phrased. It's a genuine and it's taking responsibility. It's not like you're putting it off. But then what I do is I talk too much. Big shocker. And then what I say is, (laughs) but I am actually concerned that you don't have real people to talk to. And I think she heard it, though, because the next day I thought she was just mad at me. I tried to call her like literally a zillion times. It's maybe the only time I couldn't get a hold of my mother. And she was on the phone with a real friend the entire day. Oh, that's nice. But she will not say that. No. She will not put that together or say it or admit it to herself. I do need to watch what I say because I often will say I'm honest, but what I am is abrasive. Well, again, I relate to that. I'm trying to learn 
learn as I get older how to be less abrasive because of that. Also, my mother is very abrasive. You know, I've told you she and I have gotten into a fight where she called me a follower and I just like was crying and said like, I can't believe you would say that to me. It was really, really hurtful to me. Where Carrie has different issues with her mother, my mother and I, I'm very emotionally dependent on my mother and very, I don't have good boundaries. So for me, it was so painful. And my response was, you know, I was crying and I basically said like, you know, this is why this hurts me. This is the opposite of everything you told me. It's the opposite of everything I do. And just because you don't agree with my beliefs doesn't mean that I'm a follower. To get back to the abrasive thing, which is how this all came about. I do think there is some merit to being abrasive. I do think that sometimes things need to be said as bluntly and as honestly as possible. And sometimes that isn't what people want to hear. And it's hurtful. Like hearing your story specifically, Carrie, and this is just my opinion and it shouldn't affect anything. I'm not defending anything, but I don't think the way you said anything to your mother was hurtful in that you didn't call her a bitch. You weren't disrespectful. You weren't trying to hurt her. You were speaking authentically and honestly and as delicately as possible. It just was a harsh reality and that's what made it hard to digest for her. I agree, which is what I was trying to say to her, but she couldn't hear that. Right. One of the things I love most about Lee, and it's also something that causes fights between us, sometimes the thing you love most about a person is also the thing that rubs you the wrong way sometimes, is Lee is not a wishy-washy person. And I am so thankful for that because I could not be with a wishy-washy person. How like, so? Like Lee has his own beliefs and he feels strongly about them. And he is 100% himself all of the time. He is not a follower, to use your words, but yeah. he has really good self-confidence and he believes in himself. And part of the reason why we're so good together is because we can take each other's shit. Now, should we have to take each other's shit? That's what I'm looking at. Just because he can doesn't mean I should give it to him. But one of the most attractive things about us is that we can be really real with each other. And for the most part, we can be pretty brutally honest with each other and know that's the way we roll. But I do need to be nicer about it. And I really do appreciate that about him, even though a lot of times it's his stubbornness and my stubbornness together. We're the same sign. We're born one day and 10 years apart. And we approach things similarly a lot of times. Thanks, boo. Thank you, baby. And so because of that, I love that about him, but it also makes us butt up against each other because we're two strong personalities. It's not a yin and a yang. It's like two yins or two yangs, you know? What is this question? Anything annoying you noticed if your partner does? Okay, that was what I was just going to say. This is funny. To lighten up the mood a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Not that it has been light. This is an important, serious conversation, I think. Yeah. In the article, he mentions that they're noticing his wife is like, you chew so loud. How did I never notice you chew so loud like in quarantine? Is there anything in quarantine that you've noticed like a habit of your partner that is just like grating on you in this time in a funny way, not in like a, we're now we need a divorce way. Okay. So Matt and I, like I said earlier, spend a lot of time together. So I don't think that there is anything I've noticed that's any different, but I will say the one thing that I have not been able to shake in quarantine and Matt, your turn is after this is we watched too hot to handle. Here we go again. Oh God. Matt thinks that Francesca is really hot and I have not been able to shake it because I just feel like she's so processed and it just really bugs me. It really bugs me. The guy who like every time I say like, I want to fix this or I want to like, oh, I may, I'm going to get a boob lift or something is like, no, women should age beautifully or like watches Real Housewives with me and says like, oh, why did they do that to their face? She was looking so beautiful and now she looks like is into this like 
20-something-year-old with fake everything. It has driven, I think about it daily. It drives me crazy. I got to look this bitch up. I'll send you a picture right now, Lee. This is the third time we've talked about this. It drives me fucking crazy. It is the one thing that has driven me crazy. I will admit there is a part of me that is jealous 100% because I just, no matter if I stopped eating and I still wouldn't look like this girl. Matt, what is it that you love about Francesca? (laughs) He doesn't love her, I don't think, but he thinks he's hot. And he said it once and I have not let go of it. (laughs) Okay, a few things. Ashley and I watch a lot of reality TV together and we always participate and like make opinions about the people and talk shit and this and that. So there's always an opinion to be had one way or the other. Now, on that show... Matt is fired up about this. <laughs> this is a platform to defend myself here about this, uh, this thing. Get now, it. On this show, every single person is like a sexy robot on this show. <laughs> they it's all true. have their flaws. They all like look very good. And I just picked one. I just favored one of the sexy robots over the other. No. This, was, this was not one of like 200 other like women. This is like one of six and I picked one. I was like, that's the hot one. That's the one I like. So that's it. She it does was, look was, like a Westworld was, sexy robot. Yes. But it was out of a group of other just like sexy robots. It no. wasn't like out of like normal all-American girl and then this kind of girl and then that kind of girl and then this kind of girl and then blah, 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 blah. I just chose one fake one out of a group of fake ones. <laughs> Do you know when you've been with someone for so long, you can tell when they're not being fully honest? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you, you she know, got that fake, fake, you know, that feeling you like, you know how you can read. There's that like smirk, that smirk that happens that no matter what they do, they just can't hide it. And I'm sure I have my tell also, but that's his tell. And I can read it very, very well. And I know that that's not the case. I know it's not just out of this group. I know that he actually thinks she's very, very attractive and he doesn't want to admit it, especially because I said there's an out, like a little tiny bit of jealousy, but I know the truth and it's okay it's allowed. Listen, he hates that I'm into Jughead from Riverdale. He hates it. He thinks it's so weird that I'm into him and he makes fun oh, of him all the time. Guy. Yes. But <laughs> guys, this is making for great TV right now. Let me just tell you. <laughs> That's my Jughead reaction is Francesca. It drives me nuts. Matt, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate when I get judged for reality TV opinions. Matt, you be you, Matt. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. So what is something that you do that I find annoying? No, no, not in uh, like in general, quarantine. Matt. In quarantine. Yes, I know. I know. In a quarantine <laughs> sense, yeah. I think you'll go back and forth between wanting to be like crazy productive and like nothing can stand in your way and like... I feel like I'm an intrusion just like sitting on the couch, like impeding the progress you're making, whether it be like on work or on chores or on laundry or this, that, the other thing. You're just like so gung ho that like it's so far removed from like the days when you kind of don't want to, you know, do anything. Totally. I'm noticing like how extreme like the one side to the other side can be. When I'm going to the office, like maybe it's not as like it's noticeable, but you like flip back and forth between wanting to be so, so, so crazy productive like too productive like too productive for your own good that you're just like frustrating yourself unnecessarily you're totally right but in my defense this is I've always been like this to some extent I'm always like a one extreme or another person and it's something I work on but it's definitely accelerated in quarantine and part of that is because it's a fucking quarantine and there are days where the news is too much and I just am depressed and don't want to do anything and that is the truth some days I can't and it's gotten a 
lot better lately, but towards the beginning of this, there were days where it was just like, this is the world. I can't believe it. I just want to hide and live on the sofa and like sit under a blanket and watch crap TV all day. That's my defense. And you should, and you should do those things, you know, whenever you need to or whenever you want to. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to like know how to be. I get it. Sometimes. Well, I apologize about about that. You guys totally talked over my apology. Sorry, go ahead. Go again. No, I'm not giving another one. He got one chance. (laughs) Damn. Carrie, can you add that in post, please? I will add it in post. I will take out mine and we'll just have her apology. (laughs) We'll just change the octave of yours (laughs) so that and replay it. (laughs) We'll make it a speak and spell robot voice. (laughs) Francesca's voice. I apologize, Matt. (laughs) With my big titties. Yeah, there's something to beat off to. (laughs) I'm not feeling anybody on that show. I don't know what what you guys are thinking. I mean, I agree with you, Lee. Yeah. I mean, at least the women are just just repulsive, but the guys... No, the men are disgusting also. I didn't look at those pictures, but uh, I'll take your word on it. Lee, would you like to share what's annoying about me? Again, the same sort of thing. You and I work from home a lot. We've been in the apartment for two years now, so we get full-on exposure to each other. So this is like not a new thing. So it would be all the normal shit that we... Which is what? Share for the audience. I think you know my complaints in terms of productivity. I see a lot of Candy Crush. I see a lot of social media posting. I mean, you know how I feel about that. I think your time could be spent more efficiently. I mean, I realize you got to blow some steam off, but also, I mean. And my argument is that I'm the most productive motherfucker I've ever met. And so if I want a Candy Crush, then I can Candy Crush. All right. I mean, you know, like Matt, I do what you got to do. I'm not trying to micromanage you. That's such a mansplaining, annoying thing to say. <laughs> but whatever. You do you, girl. We're all speaking our truth here. Yeah. It's true. I would say um, the fact that you talk a lot is what annoys me the most. Like, I need silence. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I need silence. And now that I have a baby, I don't get much silence. And then when the baby's asleep or we're without the baby, he just, like, does, like, an old man thing where he just, like, will be in the car and he'll just name signs. He'll be like, hey, Taco Bell. Oh, look at the St. John's Church. Oh, St. John's Church. St. John's Church. Oh, Margate Bridge. Margate Bridge. I'm like, just be quiet. I can see all those things. You don't have to name them. <laughs> and it's extra when I put in a Jamaican voice. That was going to be the next thing. And then he does this like fake Jamaican accent that is so offensive to my ears. Oh, it's offensive to my ears too. That's why I do <laughs> and it. And then he continues to, <laughs> and he just talks so much. Like he'll just be like, we'll just be sitting down. And I just want some quiet. And he just starts talking. I'm like, can we just be together without talking? It literally makes my brain feel like it's going to explode and like pus is going to come out. Like I just, and then I just, I'm like, stop, please stop, please stop. You met your match, boo. You met your match. I think that's like a, a primarily only child thing. I really do. Like there are times where I just need quiet and Matt just wants to talk and talk and talk. And I'm like, oh, holy hell. Ugh. I'll have earbuds and I'm like, I'm going to listen to a podcast now. And then he continues to talk to me. I'm like, I just told you I have earbuds in. I just told you I need space. Also, can I point out that you and I said funny things and they actually went serious? <laughs> They actually like they went for it. I mean, like, well, this is our chance. (laughs) They're like, you have this platform all the time. This is our one shot. 
Um, is there anything that you guys haven't been able to get over during quarantine? I mean, you sort of addressed that. You said that, you know, you have all these years underneath your belt. It's like you've been preparing for this your whole entire lives. But is there anything that you haven't been able to resolve fight-wise during quarantine? Us? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. You know, like I also, this really weird thing has happened in quarantine where suddenly I'm like the 1950s housewife and it's been like a blow to my own ego, you know, between the internal fights I'm having with myself where it's like... And then that just need for a sourdough starter. Yeah, you know, well, I just mean like basically what Matt had brought up about the extreme thing. Like he's seeing, you know, the tip of the iceberg and what's actually happening underneath is this constant internal struggle that's like, what is the world? I don't have a paying job right now. I don't have this. I don't have that. So I'm left to watch our son all the time. Although Matt definitely helps out and takes on a ton of responsibility with Sebastian. So I'm not complaining about that. I do like pretty much all the cooking and a majority of those things. And I think because I'm not contributing to the house in like a career way, it's been like a hard blow for me internally. Where was I going with this? I got so introspective that I forgot where I was going with it. Just talking about something Uh, you haven't been able to get over. Taking on this new kind of role in our relationship. And I'm fine with it, but it's just been kind of like weird for me emotionally. If that and mentally, if that makes any sense, it's not anything Matt's done. It's it's all me. It's all just like my own shit. That's how I was and still am since having the baby. Like I went from providing for myself now to yeah. taking more of a backseat role in the financial providing for the household and doing more of the like the little woman things. And I yeah. I struggle with it internally quite a bit. And it feels it just feels weird because that's not who you and and there's not no shame for those women that are like that or anyone that's like that. It's, it's just not really you and I. So it feels a little weird. Right. That's one of the arguments I get in with Lee all the time. Like, yes, I'm the one that my household response responsibility to divide is to like load the dishwasher and unload the dishwasher. But I don't want you to tell me when I should because I already feel weird about it, that this is my job that's just right. doesn't jive with who I am. So I feel you. Matt? I think everything's generally been really good. I think I've almost been enjoying this quarantine. I mean, to hang I, out with you. And I Sebastian, agree with you. it's been great. It's been great. Lee? What? Lee, what? <laughs> Do you think, is there any, the quest, same question, is there anything that you feel like we haven't been able to get over in this arguing quarantine? Aside from the fight we have not gotten over from this last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think it's the same. I mean, we're living together. We have the same issues that we'll need to work on and just get better at. But it's been tough. I think we need to take care of ourselves, more self-care. Got to get our healthier habits back, our eating and our exercise. And I'll speak for myself that I definitely need to get back on that horse. So I do want to say Matt and I have been working out in the morning together and it has been helping. What about you, Carrie? Um, I just think the only thing in quarantine that we haven't really been able to overcome completely is we just have a different idea of like the safety measures of quarantine. I think that's been the biggest thing. Mm. Like I have this anxiety about going back to Brooklyn until I have a better idea of like what the second wave is going to look like. And Lee wants to go back there sooner because he's frustrated and wants to go back to the house that we're, the apartment we're paying for and that we love. You know, I'm a little bit more fastidious and anal about the precaution measures than he is. And so I think that that's really been the only thing in quarantine that we haven't really been able to surmount. And we're, we try to meet in the middle as best as we can. And Lee is good about that. Well, hey, I'll say this on record. And I was thinking about this on the ride back. I'm deferring to you. You can drive the train on this whenever you're comfortable, whenever the neighbors are back, if we have a 
small community in our hall that the kids can get together after everybody's comfortable with the quarantine period. I'll let you drive that. I have no agenda. I don't need to be back anywhere. Whatever works for you is totally fine for me. Guys, we have it on the record. I think this was a very productive conversation. I think so too. And you know, I just want to say one final point. For me, and this is why it was so helpful and productive, is because I really think that people, I hate to say men, but it is usually men because of the way society has told us they have to be. But it helps me when Lee is vulnerable. It helps me when my partner shows that he's sad about something that happened or that he cries or that he, or even when I am being an asshole to him, which I need to not be, it affects him. He shows that he's hurt by it. Honesty is good, but vulnerability is the next step after honesty, and I need to do better about showing my vulnerability. I've noticed that when I cry and when I show my emotions and when I say I'm sad, Lee reacts in a better way. And when Lee expresses and shows me his vulnerability and his sadness, that it makes me then not escalate it. Whereas if I'm trying to be hard and Lee's trying not to allow emotion to come up, I think that it escalates it more. Yep. I think that this conversation is really important because it's a vulnerable conversation. And Lee, I hope that you can be more emotionally vulnerable in front of me and cry and be upset when what I say is upsetting you or when we're watching something on a movie that's upsetting. Like it makes me feel close to you when you show your emotions and your vulnerability. And it makes me feel like we're a team together. And I want to do better on, because I kind of am like a man like that. I don't show my emotions all the time. And then it comes out as a different emotion. And I'm going to work on that too. So I want us to be able to be really emotionally vulnerable and get upset and cry. And it makes me feel close to you. Okay. When I say that, Matt and I, oh, we've been together for like 10 years. I think that's the abridged version of what you just said. What I'm trying to say is the reason that we finally are, we can heal a conversation quicker is because of that. Because, you know, it went from him being a pretty standard man with his walls up and uh, not really being vulnerable and not really showing his true feelings. And it would upset me so much that I would then do the same thing. And it was just like two people banging their heads up against a wall. Now that it's been so, and I, I don't know if it's just us trusting each other a little more, just like breaking that down. I agree completely. I think that's such a huge part in why things are happen so much quicker now and are so much less chaotic and huge. Yeah, because I'm the opposite of you. You're like all emotion and I'm like, nope, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you say that, but if- It's just the vulnerable emotion gets superseded because it, mm. by something that's more aggressive, you know? Got it. Not to be a meditator, but if I let the first emotion really play, then the secondary harder emotion doesn't come out. But I don't usually do that, so. I wish I could hide all the emotion in all honesty. Well, a little bit of you, a little bit of me. Perfect woman. You know, <laughs> Francesca's robot body and we'd be set. Oh God. No thanks. Well, I just wanted to say thank you for you two guys for coming on because yeah. certainly you have to hear us talk all the damn time and you hear us talk about you all the damn time. So I really appreciate you being on. Is there anything, any final words or any final things you want to share? Any little nuggets? Matthew? We both love you both very, very much and we're very proud of everything you're doing on this podcast and beyond. We're your biggest fans. Yeah. That's for sure. That was nice. Um, yeah, you guys are killing it. Keep doing it. I hope we kill it instead of you. Me too. Exactly. Thank you guys. Love you. Bye. See you later tonight. Bye. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on, we read this really fascinating article to me. Carrie sends me 6,000 fucking <laughs> articles a day. 
And I read about two of them. No, I read maybe. about like 75% of them. I at least like open them, skim them and determine whether it's actually worth the attention of fully reading. I try to let you know. I try to say this one is really good. Yes, yes, you do. This one was really good. It's called, We've Begun the Dreaded Third Quarter of Isolation When Yes, Things Get Weird. Uh, As always, we're linking to the article in our show notes because it's really good. You're probably going to want to read it. But basically, uh, it's an article about some studies that were done of people that have been isolated in submarines, space stations, and polar bunkers. Researchers have found that there appears to be an inflection point where the frustration and hardship of being cooped up inside gets suddenly harder to bear. So they break it up in quarters. The first quarter is panic buying and confusion with heightened anxiety. Check. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Check how I've returned almost all the things I panic bought that were not food. And uh, confusion, heightened anxiety, That those are my two middle names normally. So Yeah, yeah. I remember that time so long ago when it was like every day I woke up and it was like, am I going to cry and just hide on my sofa under a blanket? Yep. Or am I going to clean the baseboards with an old toothbrush? <laughs> <laughs> you did both. I, yeah, every day, you know, it was just a fun game of where are we going today? What are we doing? I spent that first quarter alone without Lee, so that was fun too. Yeah, well, that was, that was when fun. you were with your mom. Well, I spent the very, very first part of it alone Yeah, with Luna at my mom's. That was for like, what, a week? Yeah, and then the rest of it at my mom's. Yeah. But I was doing with Luna some of that pandemic planning shopping while Luna and I were still just me and her. So that was fun. That was when I still was working that one job. Yes, which premieres tonight. Came out today. That one job that I had, I remember like the last couple of days spending my downtime on Amazon, on like the Whole Foods Amazon thing, and just like loading up my cart and being like, okay, I'm definitely going to need more chicken and more orange juice and more this and more that. Yeah, those were the good old days. Those were not fun. Second quarter, aka the honeymoon phase, aka the sourdough starter phase or the joining house party phase. This is where you you started to settle down into a routine. You had Zoom conferences two or three days a week with friends. Yep. This was before we were over that. Yeah. No. We had a live Instagram show. <laughs> no, I think that was the first quarter. I okay. think that constitutes his first quarter. Okay. I think second quarter was when we were like, okay, we don't really love Zoom parties so much. Got it. I've already been making banana bread. Yeah. But thanks for seeing your picture of your banana bread. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, all right, we're going to be in this for a long time. So we, especially those of us with kids, we're like, all right, this is the time we wake up. This is the time we do this. This is the time this happens. And it just really became survival. That's also when I started to do my deck. Mm-hmm. It's when I started cutting the sleeves off of all of my t-shirts. This is one of them. Because <laughs> I have sweats during this time. So I just cut the sleeves off of all of my shirts. <laughs> During the later part of the second quarter, Matt and I started working out, and we do it pretty much every day. Look at you. We're not doing crazy stuff, but it's physical activity. It's, you know, trying to be healthier. It's realizing, okay, that time that I ate three meals and then also ordered Taco Bell fourth meal is (laughs) not a sustainable thing for my figure. (laughs) Like, I just can't do that every day. Lee and I did go for a run yesterday, and I woke up this morning feeling like I had the flu, but then I just remembered I ran. Yeah, my body's sore in a different way every single day now. It's but That's good. That means it's working. Yeah. And now I've decided I'm just going to never stop working out like I have because it makes going back to working out awful. That's the same thing when you say 
I'm never going to drink again. It's the same. You will stop at some point and you will have to get back on, but good for you. I know. It's just really, you know, I just really didn't take into consideration that the like having a baby makes core stuff really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. Anyway. Third quarter. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Buckle your seatbelts, friends. People are feeling really lonely, marked by emotional outbursts, aggressiveness, and rowdy behavior. And I don't think storming your capital city with an automatic rifle is the third quarter. I think that fell into the second quarter. So that yeah. should scare us all a little but bit. I, but what about Karen with her dog? Is oh, that some third quarter business? Man. I don't even I don't even want to talk about that. I really. mean, I, I think that was just always. I think there's yeah. just shitty people like that always. But uh, this quarter was discovered in the 1980s when they set out to discover how long humans could survive in space. And they found that radiation and zero gravity were less of a problem than isolation. Can you imagine that pitch to the astronauts? Hey guys, we want to see how bad it is when you're left alone for a really long time. Who's in? Like, how did they get people to do that? I mean, it's interesting because you can really see this happening right now, right? So we see people getting into more and more fights. Like, did you see that video of the woman on Mother's Day at like Red Lobster? Yes. <laughs> get into a physical fight and she's upset because Red Lobster has less employees and it's taking too long for her Mother's Day Red Lobster meal. <laughs> Oh, my God. You just need cheesy biscuits. She just wants the cheesy biscuits. <laughs> and she was going to punch a bitch for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm always, my sister was, we were talking about, like, are we depressed? Like, what is it? And she goes, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very, I'm having emotional outbursts and I'm just angry all the time. I'm like, that's me normally. How do I know that it's different? Yep. You know, I mean, they did all those studies, you know, on babies that if there's babies that aren't touched, they don't thrive. Same thing with rescue animals. Like, humans and animals, we can do without with little food and little water as long as we have love and affection. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me because I've started, I feel like everyone I know that I see on Instagram who's single and it has been in quarantine by themselves, pretty much all of them have like gone to their parents' house at this point. There's one girl I know who's still hanging on and she makes lots of Instagram videos and they're just getting weirder. <laughs> I'm, I am eating them up because they are weird. And I'm just sitting there like, yo, this is entertaining. Quarantine might be the best thing to ever happen to her creativity in all honesty. <laughs> Maybe. So what's interesting is this third stage depends on the relative passage of time based on knowing the extent of the mission or how long this is going to go. Right. right? So if you knew you were going to be in space for, you know, a year, it would start around eight months. Yeah. Is that right? Did I do that right? I just said yes because I don't want to do math (laughs) and I'm so happy that you did. So how it relates to COVID is because people see the curve flattening and think that it's coming to an end and then it like re-energizes hope. But infectious disease experts and politicians responsible for restrictions say that it's not the case, that social distancing rules are likely to stay in place till September, October, or else we're going to see an additional second wave. And because of the uncertain timeline slash duration of COVID and its restrictions, this could really stretch that third quarter period over months and months and months and months rather than the set amount of time when it's anticipated. So like personally, I have started to get a lot more angry. Case in point, the uh, tits and shits being renamed, you're an idiot. Um, (laughs) Genuinely, 
I read things, either things about our president or the pool party in the Ozarks. You can see that one really affected me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I see people running without a mask. And I just want to be like, why do you think that you running without a mask make it like, why are you more important than anyone else? I just can't believe, I don't know, I won't go into it. But this is where I'm starting to get very angry. And I have many times had to talk myself down because I also know that this is where things start to get really scary. I'm worried that things like looting are going to start happening. More crimes are going to start happening. This is where people get crazy, I think, uh, and desperate. And that's never a good thing. And, you know, I don't want to fight with someone for not wearing a mask when all it takes is one crazy person with a gun. That's the harsh reality. I mean, I put it this way. I'm looking into beefing up our security system because I am a little worried. I hope that's not the case, but I think it is. Yeah. Absolutely. But there are some takeaways to all of this. This is Ashley's second segment called, But There's Hope. (laughs) Segment one, you're an idiot. Segment two, but there's hope. So to survive, it's good to have structure of any kind, which we kind of established in the second trimester of everything. And that's, and I think that's like what you're working out is doing aside from yes. it's actually, it's like you're providing structure. You're like, yes, and I absolutely. have the same thing. As I've stopped eating Doritos as much as I had. It's just like one bag a week. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't go on like this. Now no. that I know that this might last longer, I'd have to create structure because I just can't live like this. I can't just like eat macaroni and cheese every single day. This is not just like a, okay, I'm just trying to get through. Now it's like, this is our everyday life. We don't know when this is going to end. There may not be a vaccine until next year. P.S. I, you said mac and cheese and I'm actually going to go make mac and cheese because I forgot we had it and you said it. Now I'm hungry for it. I still eat mac and cheese. I just don't eat it every day like I was. Right. Which also, I'm lactose intolerant. That's like, (laughs) I like was killing my insides. It'll clean you out, girl. Clean you out. It stopped being about let's just survive by any means and okay, we're in this for the long haul. Let's do this in a healthy way. One of the takeaways is also develop some understanding for yourself and for others. This works with our little apology uh, segment because if you're living with somebody and maybe they're taking things more personally, I know I'm certainly a moody person. Me too. That's why we (laughs) love each other. I know. We have to have some level of understanding for each other. So, you know, when you find yourself getting irritated, maybe take a step away for a moment, think about it and come back to it. Another interesting thing and this was the thing that blew me away, was that people in the study who experience isolation once want to do it a second time. So about half of all those who overwinter in Antarctica want to go back, as well as nearly 100% of astronauts, which is incredible. They said that they really valued the experience and that it gave them a better idea of their personal values. Isn't that remarkable to you? That quote when it says, when people have space to sit back and think, it allows them to figure out what's important to them. I have been experiencing that in small yes. ways throughout. Yes. How many articles have you read about stupid face value things like this is going to change the beauty industry? Like I think about fashion. I go on a website, I look at the clothes, I'm like, oh, I want that. And then I think about for what? Where am I going that I'm going to spend all this money on clothes? To what? Sit in my house? I didn't buy that sequin blazer, but I wanted to. <laughs> I have my eyes on a $20 schmata summer dress from H&M that I might actually splurge on because I'm like, well, that's a good laying around dress. I believe a schmata dress is just just what this third quarter is calling it's, for. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be all jumpsuits all the time. Jumpsuits and sweats. I'm thinking sweat shorts and uh, schmata dresses. You know, like caftani type dresses that are perfect for heat. 
easy access for the toilet. Or anything else. Anything else. Yeah. Depends on how good Matt's apologies are. You apologize well, the dress comes up. You apologize poorly, (laughs) it suddenly locks up. This schmata ain't coming off. (laughs) And it's so sexy when you call it a schmata. I know. Post-COVID expectations, uh, we will see differences in the way people engage with each other, in the way people work, in the priorities given to the environment, and the way people are thinking about travel. I mean, listen, Lee is the king of getting on a plane and going somewhere, and he's like, yes, Yesterday, he started looking at Airstream trailers to buy. Now, guys, I wish you knew Lee to know this is a big yeah, very shift. out of character. I've never known him not to want to stay in a five-star hotel anytime we travel, and he's thinking about sleeping on a pullout bed. I mean, you and Lee have kind of been in a different phase of your life where money isn't always an issue. And for Matt and I, it's been a struggle for so long in so many ways. We've traveled with my parents My parents are lovely and they always take us wherever they go. There are so many trips we've wanted to do on our own. Like New Orleans is not a with my parents trip. We want to experience New Orleans in every way. The food part, the ghost tour part, the drunk part, like all of it. Yes. And I think we're going to stop putting things off like that. Um, That's going to be more of a priority is to actually see the world. I'd wait a little longer to go to New Orleans. No, 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 no. Not anytime soon. Because drunk people in COVID do not really match up. Not anytime soon. We're talking about like once there's a vaccine and everyone has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also found that following those experiences in isolated environments, men are more likely to use social support as a coping strategy compared to before they went in, while women have an increased trust in their own abilities. That's amazing because, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but... Lee's friends have, a lot of them have moved away. And so friends to hang on a one-on-one basis, there's not that many. Yeah. And so I carry a lot of that because I have a job that takes me out of the house and I meet all different people. I tend to make friends for both of us. Yeah. And then we hang out and stuff. So I think it's going to be a really big game changer. One thing nice about here in isolation is he and my uncle Jimmy are not that different in age and they've been hanging out a lot. And oh, like that's nice. Doing things with Luna. And so he's really used that as a help for you know, his stress and stuff is hanging out with my Uncle Jimmy and having Uncle Jimmy over. So I think Lee's social interactions, he's a very social person, but he doesn't get the opportunity to do it that much. But I think that after this, he's going to make a bigger effort. That's nice. And I think that's really important. I haven't noticed any difference in Matt in this. You know what? It is more of a priority for Matt to spend time with his parents, which it has been recently anyway, like just in the past few years, but it's definitely more of a priority during all of this. But, you know, we also are still like, we're not welcoming too many people into the bubble right now. I do have an increased love of my abilities. I feel like a badass. I'm like, listen. No, I think I've actually been really disappointed in myself, in all honesty. I really like, I've said this before, I really expected myself to be like Michonne on The Walking Dead. And instead, I have just been this like sad, pathetic, scared woman. But I look forward to somehow flipping that around and seeing more of a Katniss woman whatever, never seen those movies. Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing myself as more of a that than what I see myself as right now. I think that you have been killing it in the kitchen. You've been producing podcasts. That's not an accomplishment, killing it in the kitchen. It is. It is. I don't know. It's brought me joy. It's made me happy. But it's also something I've like I've always been able to do that. So I don't know. I think you should be proud of you. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. I generally am. Doesn't it help when someone's forcing you to be proud of yourself? <laughs> it really helps. <laughs> you need to be proud of 
yourself. One of the last takeaways is that a lot of people expect spirituality to increase. The doctor said what, Carrie? Well, the way that I read it was that that's not necessarily the case. But what I think is increasing, which makes you feel, I'm going to speak yoga talk now. Yeah. Things that make you feel connected to source. Source is a word for soul or your whatever. A source energy. Right. So people, that's like a spiritual experience, right? Spiritual doesn't necessarily mean religious. It just means purpose, drive, feeling connected to yourself. And so I think that you do feel that when you are reevaluating things like what's important to you. I think that people are expecting a big spiritual experience, but I think that they think of spiritual not as being connected to source because people are getting connected to source during this time. And so it is spiritual. But I think people are looking for some big like aha religious type change. Right, like a Moses movement. Right. It's not that, but you are getting connected to spirituality because you're figuring out what's important. You're trying to live for what's important. You're trying to put things in perspective. You're taking space. All of those things are part of like getting connected to source. I've noticed people are doing yoga more often and meditating when they weren't doing that as regularly as before. And so I do notice that getting connected, turning inward, not just by being isolated in your home, but by taking a greater look at what's inside of you and your strengths and what can help you ride through this time. Yeah. That is spirituality. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Jesus or Krishna or or Allah. That's religion. Yeah. Spirituality is just that, taking a look inward, finding, you know, your source. And this has been the Carrie Sotero Source (laughs) Podcast. So there you have it. Things are going to get weird. It's going to get weird. And maybe you should put it on Instagram like Ashley's friend. (laughs) I got to send you one of these videos. I can't wait. It just gets so weird. Should we do hashtag swag bag? Yeah, let's do it. Hashtag swag bag. So this week's hashtag swag bag is I ordered a kid's beating kit from Amazon. To be honest with you, I ordered like a really cheap one because I wanted to see if I would even enjoy doing this activity because I have like a bunch of fancy beads from when I used to make like really nice things. And I just felt like, you know, I just want like a cheap, cute quarantine craft. That's what I want. I don't want to invest a lot of stuff in this. So I bought this bead kit that has everything in it and I made bracelets for some of my girlfriends, which one should be in the mail for you, Ashley. (laughs) I know, I'm going to look. And I sent them to friends. Some knew about it, some didn't. I think that's so cute. It's so nice. It's been so cute. People have been opening up and being like, oh my God, this made my whole day. And they don't have to be pretty because nobody's seeing them. We're inside. No, and it's such a little thing. It's just like the thought. More it's than just, it, I just wanted a thing like when all my friends, when all my wealthy friends went to Jewish camp and I didn't because I wasn't Jewish and I wasn't wealthy and they would send me little pieces of mail with things that they made me to say that they were thinking about me because remember how like two months felt like the longest amount of time when you were a kid? It was yes. like so long. Yeah. And I just would wear it and think of them be like, oh, they were thinking of me. I was like, I want to do the same thing for my friends. So, so far, a couple friends have already gotten them and it just makes me happy. I, I'll probably continue doing it with other things and just sending little things. I've had other people do it to me and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe she made me a collage. Like, you know, someone just like made a collage and sent it to me and wrote on it. I was like, oh, they love me. It just made me feel special and I wanted other people to feel special. So that's, that's so cute. So I will attach the one that I got from Amazon. Um, 
Here's one. Okay. So Amy Schumer came out with a cooking show. Oh, I've heard about that. It's on Food Network and it's called Amy Schumer Learns to Cook. And it's real cute and real funny. Her husband is on the spectrum, which she talks about in her stand-up. Yep. It's really funny to see them interact with one another because she will make like a joke about food or something and it's just like totally over his head or he just doesn't <laughs> find it humorous. And I just really enjoy kind of watching their dynamic. I also think what they make is really attainable and pretty easy and simple, but it looks delicious. All right. Well, that's our show today, guys. That's our show. Thank you guys for listening and we love you. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com.